Watch it! I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. My fans can be the harshest critics, you know. And they often are. A wife is often the harshest critic <laughs> of her husband. <laughs> I thought I was invincible. That's what you're, you're trained to believe as a sports person. There was four million people in Ireland who knew much more about managing <laughs> football teams than I did. When it comes to music, I can spoof it the best. Your sporting career is the best time you'll have, and, you know, you have to hang on to it for as long as your life, because everything else is pretty crappy. And this is not lies. Stephen Rochford has never spoken to Jimmy McGinnis in his life. Andrew, welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five o'clock. Our text number five three one zero six. You can stream our, our content now. We're streaming it, uh, so you can watch us. You can watch us now on the uh, Off the Ball social channels for Periscope on Twitter at Off the Ball on YouTube and on Facebook. We're also streaming on the OTB Sports app. So search OTB Sports in your app store now to download the app if you have not already. This is the Saturday panel. This is hurling final weekend. This is what it's all about. This is magic. I think it will lift everybody in the nation to have a hurling final between Limerick and Waterford tomorrow after what's been a very rough year. 133 years of All-Ireland hurling finals. We've never had a Limerick and Waterford final before. Two Munster teams, a repeat of the Munster final. And to look ahead to this special day tomorrow over the next hour, we're joined by the former Limerick forward Shane Dowling, the former All-Star defender with Waterford and O'Connors, and the ex-Kilkenny All-Ireland winner, Aidan Taggy Fogarty. Gents, how are we getting on? How are you doing, John? Good, John. How are things? Not too bad. And for anybody watching, you can already tell that Taggy Fogarty, you've got Limerick and Waterford jerseys behind you. Were these jerseys you swapped after you uh, took them to the cleaners in the hurling final? Yeah, John, uh, the last time I was on, Ken McGrath put me to shame with his Santis and everything. So I said I'd make the effort uh, this weekend. But yeah, no, you're dead right. The Limerick jersey on my right hand side was worn by Damien Rail. Uh, I used to mark him a good bit back in the day. Um, I think I swapped it in 2008 or 2009. And the Waterford jersey on my left hand side is uh, the great Tony Brown, uh, number five. So uh, I was a uh, privilege and honour to get that jersey. We all know what kind of a stalwart Tony Brown was for Waterford Hurling. Absolute brilliant man and an absolute gent off the field. And uh, the hurler here beside me is actually a hurl I used to kind of use in our Ireland's and semi-finals our Ireland's. And uh, it's one I used in the seven, eight and nine our Ireland's. Um, and I used to kind of keep that hurl for kind of semi-final final stage and it broke me one day playing a club game and I looked at it and I just it was a crack right in the middle of it and I just said look I'm going to hold on to this one I keep it for sentimental value so uh, yeah there's a bit of history behind me on the wall Great stuff uh, Shane have you uh, got any memento that you've held on to? I'd say Taggy didn't get much change now with Damien Rail too Johnny, <laughs> there, but, uh, <laughs> All I no, got was I don't, jersey, I don't, Yeah uh, I don't have too much John uh, I suppose the, the Hurley I still have the Hurley that I Used in the uh, 2018 championship. Um, yeah, I, I actually keep here beside me in bed. I don't know why, in case someone breaks into the house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I probably should. Uh, I should keep it someplace else because if someone comes into the house, I'll wear it off and probably break it. And I don't want to break it. But uh, that's about the only thing. I obviously have a couple of jerseys as well um, that I have kept. So, but outside of that, not, not as much as Taggy. No. Security conscious Shane Dowling and Noel. Have you got any passage memorabilia or uh, Waterford jerseys from the? many battles you had over the years? Yeah, it's funny, you know what, uh, when you start out, you're quite keen to, to swap jerseys after every match. Uh, the more I'm trying to try to keep your own ones. So I have a stack of them somewhere, actually at my parents' house, I think, because I certainly have it here. But uh, yeah, try and keep the ones that have the bit of right on them. So if it's a league final or a monster final or a, or a semi-final or a final, I keep those ones. Uh, Shane, uh, just uh, as you're saying, the 2018. Let's just take a back a couple of years. Um, 
it was an amazing day for Limerick. 45-year wait. Uh, you came off the bench. You scored a goal. Uh, you're trying to win that second All-Ireland in three years tomorrow. You're obviously you've retired from the inter-county scene. What are the moments that stand out as vivid moments from that day for you in your mind? Uh, well, I, I had a big learning curve back in, in 2016, John. Um, like I was, we, we got to not Ireland club semi-final on two occasions, and on the third occasion, on the third occasion, I really wanted to get to the Ireland club final, and I put so much pressure on myself to try to perform to the best of my ability that I actually made a show of myself, and I played horrendous. And uh, but we, we we won and we got the club final. And I said to myself, I said to myself coming into the club final that uh, you know the, the train journey up and everything else that I'm going to enjoy every single minute of it. I'm not going to be one of these people that say, Do you know what, I should have I should have done this or I should have done that, and I can't remember this and whatever. So I done that in the club final, and I actually played a good game. And I, I took that approach from there onwards. So to lead up into 2018 then, which was obviously massive, and times were normal then where, you know, there was so much car- carnage going on. And uh, I, I just made sure to enjoy everything uh, from, tra- from the train journey up uh, from Colbert Station here in Limerick uh, up to up to Houston and into Croker and even the aftermath of it, John, I think. Uh, we were obviously so focused uh, beforehand and going into the game, but um, you know the aftermath of it was just incredible. The dressing room, the crack in the dressing room. We've always had great crack in the dressing room, and uh, from there back to back to the city west in a couple of days afterwards. So listen, with magic times, uh, great memories, and do you know what, John? I miss the hurling. That goes without saying, right? Um, but I had a lot of hard days uh, hurling too, in terms of you know training wise and disappointments and everything. And I know everyone will remember the glory days. So I miss that, of course. But what I miss more is just is the boys and the crack and uh, you know even the, the the train journey up on Sunday. I know I'd certainly miss that, and uh, I just miss being around the boys. And and you know I suppose Sunday is going to be different for for a lot of people, but uh, that core group are still going to be together. And uh, you know I'd certainly miss that. Yeah, I'm sure, Noel, you missed the lads as well. Only five of the 27 team that played against Galway uh, are lining out tomorrow. Neil Montgomery coming in for water for tomorrow as well. Uh, do you have any mixed feelings as a sports person, uh, Noel, about, about tomorrow? Yeah, of course. Like, you know, you'd, you'd certainly love to be there as a player, but, you know, obviously that was, was taken out of my own hands. But, but look, you're, you're completely backing all the lads at the end of the day. You know, they're, they're your friends, uh, what Shane said there. Um, it's obviously a strange situation in many ways, obviously not being involved, but also, I suppose, the, the whole atmosphere outside, Shane said there about the carnival atmosphere, and, you know, obviously with COVID, that's certainly not there at the minute. You have flags and bunting and everything out, but the conversation that, you know, if you're going to town for a coffee or you're going for a walk and there's people up trying to talk to you, you know, there's certainly not that atmosphere there. So it's, it's strange in many ways, but one we're really looking forward to. Is that going to help Waterford then know the lack of hype? Absolutely. Do you know what? Uh, I was actually <laughs> voice noting uh, Dowling over the over the week, like just sort of a bit of crack, and uh, we won't say what we were discussing. But uh, dude, like one thing that I was kind of thinking just from from talking to him was, you know, there's, there's a saying anyone like that has played in Crow Park, you know, you experience when you run out of the dressing room, and it's the very first time that you feel that sense of um, emotion and pressure. Because when you're inside the dressing room, you don't hear anything. Obviously, Crow Park is, is fairly well insulated anyway. They've done a, a very good job. But once you get outside the dressing room and you're onto the field, just this noise erupts that it's very, very difficult to try and explain. I remember back in 2017, we were walking down towards Hill 16, and there was just this roar came, and genuinely it felt like the pitch was actually moving, which was incredible. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say there is that a lot of people that wouldn't have experienced that before would certainly lose a bit of, we'll say, uh, a bit of focus because there's that old saying that a lot of players might lose their, their attention or, or might essentially uh, 
lose their mind before they get onto the field and go power with the noise once they're out onto the field. And uh, Shane, like the lack of hype in Limerick, have you not, is it noticeable that it's a, a, a more, more low-key environment? And, and as well as Noda saying there, a lot of these, I think there's 13 of the 15 players that played in 2018 against Galway are lining out again. Only Barry Nash uh, and William O'Donnell, who are new into the team. Um, Tom Marcy was even talking about a lack of nerves because of the fact that, in a way, I don't want to say a challenge game because that maybe kind of uh, demeans an All-Ireland final, but it might feel a bit like that. Well, this was listen. I'm working in the I'm working in the heart of Limerick, uh, John, in, in, in O'Connell Street, and uh, just the, the job that I have, I walk from one end of the town to to the other on a regular basis. Well, plenty of people would stop up, and you'd, you'd have a conversation with us. And uh, the council have done a great job of putting flags all the way up O'Connell Street up to O'Connell Avenue. And I suppose everyone is trying their best uh, to to make of, of what the situation is. Obviously, Centre have come out today. They've brought out the match day programs the day before, so. Uh, in one of our stores in Limerick, we were sold out in an hour and a half, there was 500 of them gone. So, you know, I suppose people are just trying to make it as real as possible. Uh, the hype is definitely, you know, a lot more low-key than normal. But in fairness, you know, Caroline Currid, who has been uh, well-spoken about now at this stage, uh, you know, does a fantastic job with that. And actually, as I mentioned, Caroline, I, I must, you know, pay my respects. She buried her mother two weeks ago. Um, so, you know, I just want to say that. But uh, she, she's phenomenal at what she does. So even in 2018, when all the hype was there, uh, we, we were very, very focused and we knew what we had to do. And in fairness, nothing really phased us. So, you know, in terms of the Limerick players that are there, is it going to feel like an All-Ireland final for them? It's not. It doesn't matter what they say. It's not going to be the same. Uh, but at the end of the day, their training, they, they'll know exactly what's at stake. And no matter what happens on Sunday, an All-Ireland final is an All-Ireland final. And unlike Taggy, that's got about 47 of them, we here at Limerick <laughs> just want to get a few. <laughs> yes, sorry to hear that news about Carolina. She's the team psychologist. Uh, Taggy, um, what is the Brian Cody dressing room like on All Ireland Final Day? You've been in so many of them. What's the white heat of a Cody dressing room halftime when you're slaughtering teams? Yeah, it's uh, it's funny, John. You know, you, you might think people be going mental halftime in dressing rooms on Ireland Final Day, but it's actually quite the opposite. And I think the build up to an All Ireland, the safest place you can be is actually with the team. You know, the most dangerous place is probably on the street, you know, walking down maybe to Kenny and lads asking you questions and questions about the team. And that can be just so draining from you. And then you have the tickets debacle. That's obviously not going to happen this year. Uh, lads ringing you for tickets. I had a woman ringing me there every year for an Ireland ticket, you know, and says, gas. I'd say, oh, like, you know, I go to every Ireland. And I'd say, all right, and would you go to the league matches, right? And she said, no, no, just the Ireland. You know, so. <laughs> I was like, so you go to the biggest game of the year, uh, yeah, just that one. So it's, it's kind of comical, but then you're on the bus, and, and it's just it's just great crack with the guys. It's, it's just brilliant. Uh, you're in a safe zone. You know, there's a massive thing ahead of you, and it's very relaxed. But the dressing room then, Brian used to just kind of let the guys take over. Uh, certain leaders would step up. Um, you didn't have to talk. Uh, in general, it was all about just getting yourself ready. Um, I suppose we got used to probably playing our Ireland's over the years. So for us, there was a routine. You know, you walk into, you'd know exactly where you'd be at a certain time. You'd be getting the bus to the Crown Plaza. You'd be having great crack, and then from the Crown Plaza straight to Crow Park, the bus there would be total silence because guys would be getting their their heads ready, and there'd be just fans along the on the streets, and it's it's just a brilliant buzz. You're flying in behind the behind behind the guard escort, and then you make it to the dressing room, and it's all about just getting yourself ready. And then it's just into the into the puck around area, and it's about five minutes before we go. And there is guys, some guys letting rip, there's some guys holding their own. And Brian doesn't say a whole lot; he just go hands it over to us. And if he feels the need to say something, he'll say something. But there's nothing forced. And then you're out to Crow Park, and as Noel said, 
hitting that crowd at the 82,000s. You know, I'm nearly nostalgic here thinking about it. Um, I think at Ireland Day, it, it's, more about, it's more than a game. It's about culture. It's about where you're from. It's about tradition. It's about guys who played the game, the greats that went before you. And it's just a massive, massive feeling. And walking behind the Arte and Vine Band with 80,000 roaring down your neck, it's a, it's a surreal feeling and a feeling that uh, I, I was lucky enough to experience a good few times. And Limerick and... I actually have to take a picture there, Taggy. I was speaking to uh, Eddie Brennan on Friday night and you said there, the safest place to be around, <coughs> you know, is, is around your own teammates. Do you know where he used to be the Friday night before in Ireland? Above an electric picnic. He said he was work up there, and he was telling us the other night, like incredible, that he was working there, you know, and he was there for for uh, on a Friday night before a couple of all Irlands, and uh, he said that he he found the busier the, uh, the busier he was, the better the better for him. And I think we're all in the same boat there. But anyway, that's where he was. He was at electric picnic, listening to a few tunes a couple of days before that <laughs> Ireland. That's why the yeah, it's yeah. it's amazing, Shane. Different strokes for different folks. Maybe some people want to be out and about. I certainly didn't. I wanted to be keeping my head down and just totally focused on the match. But uh, yeah, listen to it too. Let your picnic sounds all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're chatting here to Shane Dowling, Taggy Fogarty and Noel Connors about Limerick and Waterford tomorrow. 53106 for your text messages. Add off the ball on Twitter. Especially like to hear from Limerick and Waterford people. Have you decorated your house in county colours? How are you feeling about tomorrow? Give us a shout out. Uh, share your passion and ask any questions you, you'd like to ask to the panel. Um, Noel, you, I suppose, experienced the other end of it. You, you were on the losing side and there has to be a loser. Um, is it just pure desolation? Is it just pure agony? Have you ever watched it back? What's the feeling three years on? Yeah, do you know what? Uh, I'm I'm probably kind of strange in many ways. As in, I'd never watch matches back. Um, I'm very much focused on on the here and now. Um, yeah, look, do you know what? It's it's certainly heartbreaking because you know when you're a young person, you grow up, and even as you go into adolescence, you grow up, and your dream is to win the All Ireland. And when that's taken away from you, um, it's 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 a dreadful. It's it's essentially like a death in the family. But you know what? Um, despite all the, the the negative thoughts that go through your mind, you know, and it goes on for you know a quite long period of time over a couple of weeks. You just have to get on with it, and you just have to bury it, and and you go back the following year, and you try and make yourself better, and the lads around you better, and and that's the bottom line with it. Um, and I think what Taggy and, and what Dylan were saying there was the key. You know, the key thing is not about. You know, like obviously the medal and all that is hugely important, but it's actually about the people you meet along the way. You know, it's your friends, it's the experiences, it's the stories that you can tell. It's you know the experience around at a crow park with a full stadium, and they're they're the things that you really cherish and remember. It's the it's the going away for training camps and team holidays and all that. Like that's the real thing that you enjoy. Uh, Texan here. Every hurling final eve likes feels like Christmas Eve to me, lads. But this one especially, so being in December, cannot wait until half three tomorrow. That is from Sophie in Dungarvan. Um, and who does Taggy want to win, lads? We'll get to that a little bit later on. We do the preview after two o'clock for Mark and Cork. Shane, is there a, a feeling to describe or a way to describe the feeling of scoring a goal in an all Ireland hurling final? Because the way you celebrated, you just seemed like you would run out of Croke Park that day. <laughs> yeah, I still get I still get plenty of abuse for, for, for that celebration, I can assure you. Um, I suppose, listen, you're overcoming emotion. For me, I thought when I scored that goal uh, that it was it was game over. Uh, I, I know I was obviously wrong and you shouldn't think that but I think that put us eight or nine points up there was only a minute of normal time left to go so as far as I was concerned I got that goal and you know Limerick were going to win the All-Ireland and it was something that I just as Noel said there like I think you hear sometimes people say you dream about winning the All-Ireland and sometimes all these words can be uh, can be thrown out there but like you genuinely do you know and 
with the greatest respect to, to, to Taggy, like as receivers growing up, knowing that he had a better chance than myself and Noel, you know, so maybe it was a small bit more realistic for him. Uh, but definitely for myself and Noel, like, you know, Limerick, Limerick hadn't won since 73, and Waterford hadn't since 59. So, um, you know, to get that moment, it was it was very special, John. There's no point in saying otherwise. And uh, it's great, and it was great for me, but great for my family. And, you know, in years to come, um, you know, even for my own kids, maybe to look back on it. It's a very special moment. And, um, I'm very, very, I suppose, honoured that, that I was able to do it and, and to be on the pitch to be able to do it because uh, it was such a unique day for Limerick Hurling. And Taggy, you were completely in the zone in 06. Your man of the match has scored 1-3. What is it like in that moment? Yeah, it, it, it's a strange moment. I think um, I didn't celebrate that goal at all. I actually missed it off my left-hand side and it went in past Don Log and I was just counting my blessings because I couldn't believe it actually went in. Uh, I missed it off my off left. Um, I didn't even celebrate. I ran straight back out to position because I was just so focused and so eager for the next ball and the next ball because Cork were going for the three in a row. We knew what they were capable of and I knew if we kind of took our eye off the ball that they could hit us at any moment. And I think the whole team that day was just so focused. But I suppose I came in under the radar in that All-Ireland. I was taken off in the semi-final. I broke my collarbone for the Leinster Championship so I didn't feature the Leinster Championship at all. Got on for the semi-final, got taken off. So I came in well below the radar. I think I was, I was twelve to one to score the first goal, and a few guys backed me. So they were they were happy men that evening in the in the pub. I got a few free pints that that Christmas for sure. Uh, so I came in below the radar, and everything just hopped for me. Uh, it just went it just went so well. I think I felt the weight of the ball probably about five or six times in my hand, and I just happened to get scores off them. And I suppose Cork were kind of looking for the Henrys, you know, the Owen Larkins, the Eddie Brennans, and I just snuck in and and, and I got that goal and. I, I kind of regret not celebrating it uh, now. I kind of regret not taking in the moment, but it will forever be uh, one, of, one of my best games. But unfortunately for me, John, uh, I was only kind of on the Kenny team that year, and I started off at the real top. So to sustain that for the next seven or eight years is very hard. But uh, yeah, look, it was just a brilliant moment. And to score a goal in Ireland final and to get man in the match, what was going through my head that Sunday was just get to 55 minutes, do me a bit, and if I was taken off, I'd be a happy man, and uh, it was just—it was just brilliant. I remember Saturday, I watched any given Sunday, and uh, to try, try to get me uh, the Al Pacino uh, <laughs> uh, speech to try, to try and get me going. And I visited uh, my mother's grave that morning, and uh, everything just came into place. And uh, I remember that week. I enjoyed the week so much, you know, I, I had me a few points, but I wasn't getting over elaborate because I just wanted to soak it all in. So, fantastic moment and something I'll cherish forever. Okay, we've got to take a break. Thanks, Taggy Fogarty, Shea, uh, Shane Daly, Noel Connors uh, on the hurling final on the Saturday panel. Listeners or viewers out there, do you have any questions for our guests? 53106, the text number. You can reach us on Twitter at Off the Ball. We're going to preview the match, uh, which throws in a half read tomorrow, shortly after the news. Don't go away. The Saturday panel on Off the Ball. This is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until 5 o'clock. You can text us on 53106 or tweet us at Off the Ball. Now, all this week on Off the Ball, we're giving you the chance to win some tasty non alcoholic beer plus €250 Euro in cash every single day. So, beer is the new Irish non alcoholic light lager packed full of vitamins and minerals designed to improve immune health. It's brewed to purpose using all natural ingredients. So, because it's nearly Christmas, So, beer have got a month's supply to give away each day this week, right through to Sunday, along with that 250 euro. To enter, just tell us who is this mystery voice? An all round great guy. Now, you can enter by texting 53106 at a cost of 30 cent. It's all with thanks to So, beer. See so.beer for more. 
Back to the Saturday panel as we chew the fat over Limerick and Waterford in tomorrow's All-Ireland Hurling Final with Taggy Fogarty, former All-Ireland winner with Kilkenny. Shane Dowling, the ex-Limerick player, forward and winner of an All-Ireland title in 2018 and the former All-Star defender from Waterford, Noel Connors. We're streaming as well as we're listening on News Talk. You can watch us on the Off The Ball social channels for Periscope on Twitter at Off The Ball, on YouTube, on Facebook and on the OTB Sports app. You can see Taggy Fogarty's beautiful memorabilia from Limerick and Waterford uh, back in the day when he was swapping shirts um, just let's talk about the game. We've obviously spoken about the build-up guys and what the day is like and the lack of hype this week, uh, given everything that's been going on. Um, just let's get to Limerick first, guys, and then we'll talk about Waterford. Shane, I think when I think about Limerick, I'm thinking about that half-forward line. So important, because that's where Nicky Quaid's puckouts go. Garrow Tegarty, Kean Lynch, Tom Morrissey, such an important line. It is. Uh, that, that goes without saying. John, I suppose, like... Um Especially with Tom and Garot, like the two of them have engines on him, it's just incredible. Like, you know, even like if you think of Tom Morrissey, right, uh, he was the captain when Limerick won the All Ireland Under 21 Championship in 2017. And uh, he was taken off in most games. And I was at most of them. And he just, he, he wasn't playing well, he couldn't get into it. And uh, he, he was taken off, I suppose, because of performance more so than anything else. And in 2018 onwards, he's just turned into a new man. Um, I was the style of the game that suits him. He's very, very strong. He's very, very physical, and he's very, very accurate. Anytime he gets a shot off and goal, like he, he, he generally nails it. Like and and the same with Garod. I mean, Garod played in the half back line with that Limerick Twenty Ones team, uh, and he would have been tipped to play there. Uh, I suppose in the senior ranks, but and he was actually John Kiley played him in the half back line too. Um, so obviously, when when John and Paul and the manager team sat down, they they know what they wanted in in the half forward line, uh, and. I was, you know, they fitted the bill perfectly, and obviously Kyle Hayes was playing there up until recent games. So you have three extremely athletic, hard-working half forwards, and that's that's the, I was, that's the modern game, isn't it? And I know they've pushed Keane in there now, uh, and he's a bit different to the two boys. He'd be smaller in size, but obviously skills to skills to play the bills. So what what they do is. Uh, they're, they're, they're a fundamental line in the Liberty team. And also the last day, because of the way Galway played and, and where Shane O'Neill uh, played the sweeper, it was very, very difficult to deliver the ball into the half-forward line, or sorry, into the full-forward line. So that, that, that meant that they had to play the ball through the half-forward line and they, they came up with 11 points from play. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting the weekend. Like, you know, someone was saying to me last night, do you think they're playing Keane Lynch there? So it's going to drag... Um, Tyke the Burke out the field. I think you could play Lord or God at centre forward, and Tyke the Burke still wouldn't come out the field. So uh, I think Waterford are very set in their ways, and Limerick are very set in their ways. And I think essentially what you're going to find is similar to the Munster final, where you're going to see both half forwards marking each other. And Noel, the Limerick back line, we've got uh, Kyle Hayes, as Shane says, moving back. Dan Maris, he's moved back. Sean Finn might take on Desi Hutchinson in the man marking role. The strengths and weaknesses of the Limerick backs for you? Yeah, you know what? It's uh, it's. A... You know what? It's it's a Limerick team that are, are very well seasoned. They're very, as as Shane was saying there, they're on about their half forward line. I think their their backs are very similar in stature. They're all big, strong, physical men that are well capable of moving around the field. Um, the only like weakness that I would see, and, and it might necessarily be a weakness, is Barry Nash come back to corner back. He's not a natural corner back, and he's not a natural back. I remember when he would have played, you know, early on in his career, he would have been corner forward, wing forward. So his natural ability isn't to do that. And as a cornerback, Taggy, I'll tell you a few times that I was on him, you know, at, at, in certain situations that you just don't go for the ball, you just play the man and you, and you try and get the ball away from, from the forward. So the only the only real weakness that I would see is Barry in, in the half-back line. But 
what an incredible athlete as well. He's probably about six foot two, six foot three, and well capable of moving the ball around as well. Uh, Taggy, Limerick have been a little bit goal shy in the championship, uh, and when you see the teams that have won All Ireland's back the last twenty years, Cork in two thousand four, Galway twenty seventeen, have won All Ireland's without scoring goals. Um, how do they fix that if they do need to fix it? Yeah, look, I, I think uh, the game has changed in that perspective uh, of trying to get goals. Obviously, they say goals in matches and things, but I think Limerick, uh, they have two game plans, and uh, Shane kind of hit the nail on the head there. Um, the full forward line was kind of taken out by Galway the last time by, by the sweeper, so they played it from the half-forward line. Uh, you know, Groot Hegarty, Keane Lynch, Tom Morrissey, they were stepping up the scores, they were taking a long-range scores, because if they gave a supply into the full forward line, it was going to be getting cleared. So, that's why the goal wasn't wasn't coming from. Now I think with Waterford, they will target that full that full that full back line of uh, uh, Connor Prunty, Shane McNulty uh, in there. I think they'll target the, the, the height in there first of all because I don't think they've really been tested. Um, so goals they haven't been getting goals, but they've been grinding out results. Limerick have been really kind of just tough and grinding out results, which is a great thing to be doing, not playing to your best of ability, but still getting results. Now, against Tip, they scored three goals. That's a bit more of an open game. Tip are going long. It's a bit more expansive. But I think Limerick, they probably will need a goal or two, and Watford will definitely need goals in this All Ireland. And uh, I think it'll be an open game, and I think it will be high scoring. I think Taggy, sorry, John, I think, I think Taggy is absolutely spot on, because it's something that I was thinking about the other day, uh, and I don't know if it's, it's a good thing or a bad thing, uh, you know, Limerick have been playing particularly well over the last couple of games, and and John Coyley has kind of articulated that you know early on in the championship. But they're still winning games. So is it a is it a, a good thing to be going in and not perform to the best of your ability, or is it from a Waterford perspective that's actually gradually getting better and better and better? So is it good to grind out games and still win, or the opposite of where you're building on performances and performances and, and getting results? I that's up to you, John. I sorry, I'm just going to come in there. I disagree with you there, Noel. Um, People and it's been said to me numerous times that Limerick aren't playing great and you know could catch him in the All Ireland final. Like Limerick have played the white player, the white Tipperary. They played a very good Waterford team in a Munster final that they won. They played Galway, who are an exceptional team, and they beat them. You know they scored twenty one uh, points from play compared to Waterford's t- or to uh, Galway's ten. So like if you think back to twenty eighteen when Limerick won the All Ireland, like. We just about beat Kilkenny, we just about beat Cork, and we just about beat Galway. And I think people are going to end up about this Limerick team as if they're, you know, God knows what. Like, they're a very, very good, honest, hard-working team. And I don't know why people are saying that they're not playing good hurling. They're coming up against serious opposition, and they're winning the games. Like, I don't know do people expect them to win these games by seven and eight points, and if they don't do that, well, then they're not playing well. I don't know, I don't get it. I think I think Limerick have been perfectly fine this year. They've been beating very, very good teams and I think it's going to be something similar again on Sunday. Is, mom, is momentum a thing though, lads? I think, on, I think on that, though, they're, they're probably not playing to their potential all the same. Like, if you did look at the Munster final and if you did look at Galway, it was the likes of the Groot Hegarty having to win a, a free, a win, a win a ball. So, there's so much talent, I think, in the team and they have performed individually at different stages so brilliantly that there is I think there's so much more in them collectively if they come together as a 15 I still think that they needed a Hegarty or they needed Tom Morrissey or you know Seamus Flanagan got back into the team because it wasn't ticking to their best ability so they're playing well but still not playing to their potential 
I think that, that, that Limerick's best performance, without a shadow of doubt, was against Tipperary this year. And there's probably an expectation that they need to be there every time. As in, need what did they score against Tip? They scored 3.23 in a miserable night, which is phenomenal scoring. And I think that that's what the, the bar that they've set themselves is in. You know, the expectation every time that they go out is they score at least, you know, 3.20 plus. And I think that they've only scored three goals in the whole championship this season. Uh, maybe four, three, I think. And they've conceded three. Um, so I think that's where tagging myself are coming from, that the expectation is based on their performances over the last three years. It's momentum is thing in hurling, though, guys. You see, Waterford won the second half against Kilkenny by 11 points. Is this a tangible thing, Taggy, that, you know, with Kilkenny, when you get a surge on teams back in the days in the noughties, uh, people are saying Waterford had momentum, but is that really something that you can apply to a completely new game, a new fixture, tomorrow at half three? I think, John, when you talk about momentum, <clears throat> you talk about probably the, the, the mentality of the team taking on the better team. So we're all looking at Limerick and straight away, you're kind of saying, God, we're playing Limerick, they're a brilliant team. It's like taking on the dubs of football. Straight away in your head, maybe you're kind of half beaten or there's doubt there. So momentum in that terms, I think it's more uh, more mentality kind of thing. And if you look at the, the semi-final against uh, Kilkenny, I think Kilkenny played into a lot of the win for Watford that day. They tracked, Kilkenny tracked their water players man on man, which mean, left a load of space. Uh, their puck out strategy, they, they followed their man, so Waterford would hit the ball into space. Limerick won't do this. Limerick will hold to their plan. They'll hold their positions. You know, the Dermot Burns and Kyle Hayes will hold that half-back line. They'll, they'll kind of zone the kind of mark, if, if that's the kind of term to be dished out. They'll, they'll zone a mark and then get up in their men. So they won't give Waterford that space. And I felt, too, that we talked about Tyke DeBurke and Keane Lynch. Keane Lynch will drift out the field, but Kilkenny full forward line were very lazy. They did not track Tyke the Burka. And if you look at the Munster final, you had Pat Mulcahy chasing up the field, dispossessing Tyke the Burka. So I think Limerick's work rate is a lot better than Kilkenny in, in that semi final. So Water played exceptionally well, but I still think Kilkenny fed into that defeat. Shane, does uh, Austin Gleeson worry you, given he's got a bit of an X factor? We got Stephen Bennett scoring 144 in the championship. Um, Limerick are going to have to keep these lads quiet tomorrow. No one worries me anyway, John. I can guarantee you that. The worries <laughs> won't get you anywhere. Uh, but do they, will they take watching? They definitely will. Um, I suppose Stephen Bennett, for me, like he has, uh, he he was a good hurler uh, up to now. In my, in my eyes, he was a good inter-county hurler, but I think he's turned into a phenomenal one this year. Uh, he seems to be a new man with a new lease of life. And even, um, I suppose... He, you know, the, the way Waterford are running at teams uh, this year. So I was at their game versus Clare. And well, I suppose it would be worrying the goal that they leaked that day. Uh, I think the way they're running at teams. They're the only team in the championship I've seen this year that seemed to nearly be working on running at teams. Like they got, I think they got three goals that night. They could have got, got a couple more. And Stephen Bennett, like you, that, that point he got against Kilkenny in the semi-final where he collected the ball in his own half. He ran... Jeez, he must run 60 or 70 yards and up the 14-yard line and tapped it over the bar. And Austin Gleeson can do that as well. So I think, you know, from a Waterford point of view, in terms of them boys, and Desi Hutchinson included, like, you know, uh, and I suppose they're different to the Jack Fagan, so who's a different type of hurler. He's more big, stronger, physical, uh, you know, obviously can catch ball in the air. But them three boys have plenty of gears. And uh, I've no doubt that they're going to want to use them on Sunday and take on that Limerick half-back line. I suppose to echo uh, Taggy's point there, 
uh, he, he was dead right. Ty de Burke was getting was getting a lot of free ball uh, in the semi final, and he wasn't getting tackled from behind by the Kilkenny forwards. Uh, and he was dead right. Uh, Graham Mulcahy and Peter Casey in, in the Munster final did turn them over a lot. And I think that's what Limerick are going to do again on Sunday. They're going to try turn over uh, the likes of Ty de Burke, but on the other end, then they're definitely going to try and take on the Limerick half backs. Uh, so I'd imagine it's, it's it's like this game is going to be no different than a lot of games that happen these days. John, the tactics in most games are the same. Now it's going to be very very bunch middle third. And what you're going to find is when Stephen Bennett gets the ball, when Austin Gleeson gets the ball, if he's further out the field, he's going to be tried tackled and nailed and swamped by the Limerick midfielders half forwards before they even get a chance to run at the half backs. And also we got speed, we got directness, we got work rate, which are key things for Waterford to win. And also they got a supporting cast as well as the big players. They got what Callum Lyons, Shane McNulty, uh, Jack Fagan, as uh, Shane has touched upon there. Neil Montgomery has come into the team now. He's been uh, uh, introduced into the team. How important are these players to give the platform for Waterford to use that game against Limerick? And as a defender, I'd say it's kind of difficult to see when teams have uh, a run and they're running straight at you. Yeah, look, I think that the key player there, and everybody has mentioned him, is Tyg de Burke. I think that if he can get Tyg on enough ball, I think that he'll be the, the big problem like for, for Limerick. Uh, I know everyone talks about Stephen and Austin and Desi, but like the key player for Waterford is, is essentially Tyg because he, he, makes the, he makes the runs, he makes the tackles, he catches the ball, and essentially he's the platform. So if, if Limerick can keep him quiet, uh, I think that that will go a long way to, to win the match from a Limerick perspective. From a Wharf perspective, we need 70 minutes out of all our players. We need 70 minutes out of Austin. We need 70 minutes out of Desi. We need 70 minutes out of Stephen Bennett. And in fairness, Stephen Bennett was very good, from my perspective, for the whole 70 minutes. Austin kind of came into it in the second half when Warford started getting a bit of momentum. And I still think we need a bit more from Desi, a bit more directness. He gets the ball, he needs to take him on. He needs to be a bit more like a young Eddie Brown. When Eddie gets the ball, he just runs straight at you. At times, Desi kind of steps outside and takes it off the back foot. Uh, I'd love to see him just take on the man because he's light and fast and he has plenty of ability left right uh, and he's a great eye for goal when he gets inside um, but Ty for me is, is the fundamental um, player in this for Watford to be successful uh, one point of what, De- what uh, Taggy said and I think he's right I think that Limerick will probably test the, the Watford full back, back line early on particularly the likes of Conor Pronti uh, Ian Kenny Shane McNulty because this was the last day with TJ's goal in particular, the ball was broke in and TJ just ran straight onto it. Um, Walford conceded six goals in the last, he's conceded five goals, six goals in total, five goals in the last two games. So I'm, I'm sure Paul Canorick and, and John Coyley are, are well aware of that. Um, so it's something they're definitely going to target. On the other side, Limerick have only scored three goals and that was against Tipperary. So it's a six to one half a dozen the other, really, John. And Taggy, does that happen in dressing rooms? Is, is, it, is there a key team meeting where they say okay look we're going to target the the fullback line in a certain way we want you to do x y and z does it work that way uh yeah no there is yeah um it's probably more so not at half time it's probably before the match you, ha- you have your matchups um kind of already made i know from our perspective just with experience there we put eddie brennan on a uh, park mar in one of the irelands that was spoke about uh before before the match but i feel john you can't change your tactics too much you can't uh you know, you can't put players on certain other players just because they're good hurlers. You know, all these guys are brilliant hurlers. And if you, if you change up your team too much, it's going to affect you. And you're playing into their hands straight away because you're playing to their strategy straight away. And you talk about matchups, and there's absolutely brilliant matchups coming on Sunday. You've tied the Burke and Keane Lynch, Callum Lyons and Groot Hergerty, Flanagan and Pronti. But 
there's two guys there that won't be marking each other, which is going to be a huge impact on the game, I think, and that's the two goalies. Uh, you know, the puck-out strategy from both teams. Limerick have scored 131 off the opposition puck-out, and Watford have scored 218 off the opposition puck-out. Now, on the flip side of that, they conceded only 1-7 Limerick off their own puck-out, and Limerick only 16 points. So that'll tell you that Limerick are excellent on their own puck-out, and they're excellent at closing down opposition puck-outs. And if you look at the rate, if you look at the Kilkenny match, really it was the puck-outs by O'Keefe, uh, the long ball they're catching over there. That destroyed Kilkenny. But Limerick are just so kind of focused. They have a great game plan and they're brilliant at overturning possession and getting them on the counter. And that's what I would fear about Watford taking on, on this Limerick team. I think puck-outs are going to be a huge thing on Sunday. And uh, the stats t- t- tell them a thousand stories. Who could the impact players be for Limerick, uh, Shane? We've had, what, Peter Casey, David Reedy on the bench. It's going to be a 20-man game. Who are the players that could be the unsung heroes? Yeah, uh, P- Peter, um, yeah, he, he, I suppose, listen, should he be starting, John? Uh, I, I'm maybe not in a position to talk as um, he's obviously one of my best friends and I probably should be cutting blocks with him now only for him after going on to this. So, uh, <laughs> he, like, he was very good and he came on in the semi-final. Uh, probably that was that was his greatest downfall in terms of starting because I think the one thing that everyone is obviously aware at this stage is uh, John Kiley obviously wants an impact coming in off the bench uh, and he was very very good and he came on the last day scored three points or two points and set up another or could uh, set up another score and, and could have set up another uh, goal if that was taken. So like definitely Peter is going to be the the, the number one man to be brought on and especially with the space in Crow Park and sold him down to the ground. Uh, like you've obviously got Pat Ryan there who who came on and, and done so well in twenty eighteen. Adrian Breen came on the last day got a uh, got a point and David Reed is there for the half forward line as well. So there's plenty of options, John. But I think uh, you know from Peter Casey's obviously the number one man that they're going to look to with maybe twenty five minutes to go up the games in the melting pot uh, to come in and work his magic. And your impact players, no. Do you know what? Like it's it's funny. I was thinking about. I'd actually think that Shane Fives could start uh, in the back line. Um, this is just from looking at the the program. Obviously, he's named at twenty six, and that's merely if if he is injured uh, and there's a chance of him getting re injured. I'd imagine uh, Liam Cal will actually start, um, particularly for his experience. Um, you don't want to bring on someone um, and waste two subs. So I think that he actually might start. I'm not too sure. Um, impact subs. I think that I think Jake Dillon. Is probably a bit hard done by. I don't think he was, you know, moving particularly well against Kilkenny. I know he got taken off quite early on. I think after about 17 or 18 minutes in, in the first water break, I think that he's actually quite a big player for Waterford. He's done incredible work over the last, you know, three or four games for Waterford. He probably doesn't get the recognition because he's probably not scoring as much as others. But the, the work that he does up and down the field, um, he kind of reminds of an old Larkin to a certain extent, where he put in a lot of the work. We'll say the half back kind of get the ball up the field and and let the finishers do the job. So I think Jake would have a, a, a big impact, and I hope he does because he's one of the best trainers Warford have had over the last number of years, and I, I you know, I'd be really, really happy to see him do well. Uh, text in here, uh, lads. The build-up this year to the final has been more of a feel than something tangible. Flags, bunting, knowing nods to the other county jerseys. It's still special, perhaps more so. That is from Liam and Limerick. The big question: Who will cope with the yellow slitter better from Frank and Bally Buffet? I think they're okay with the Frank at the moment. Um, Aaron Galan will have a pr- crucial role to play tomorrow, lads. Accurate freeze could be very important. That is from me, Mary and Nina. Um, Shane, like obviously he's been uh, battling fitness issues. Is it a case that you just can't leave someone like Aaron Galan out? Uh, no, John, if Aaron Galan wasn't, if he, if he wasn't uh, fit to play, he wouldn't be playing. 
but I think he's perfectly okay. And like, obviously, it was a big, a big scare there two weeks ago. Um, but listen, if he wasn't right, I suppose he wouldn't be playing. Um, so the fact that he's the, the fact that he's down to play would suggest to me that he's a hundred percent. And Taggy Liam Cahill has been uh, a winner with Tipperary at uh, under twenty, under twenty one level, minor level. You've got Mikey Bevins in there with him. There's a whole Tipperary uh, management to the Waterford team. Um, is that in a way a good thing for Waterford in that it's a lot more about process and maybe less about emotion? Um, yeah, I think the experience that Liam Cal has got through the minor grade and under 21 grade, and I was reading an article during the week, he says Annie Ireland is kind of the same build-up, so he has experience in that as well. But I think the way he's Watford playing, um, he has him better, he has him in a better shape and playing at a better kind of tempo and has a better game plan for them. I felt under Derek McGrath, they were going to go on a bit lineal and I felt they were a little bit shackled. But Liam has strategy. He has a real kind of point of uh, directness with them, plus they're keeping ball retention. Uh, and he's freshened up the team, he's freshened up the panel, and you can see it. They're absolutely hopping off the ground. And the big thing is they're after buying into, they're after buying into Liam Cal and um, his ethos. Um, he's honest, and you can see that in the team. And I think the guys are just really kind of buying into what he's all about. And there is a kind of a tipped flair to the Watford team at the minute. You know, they are working hard. But they're kind of letting the ball do the talking. They are carrying through the lines, but they're, it's more so letting the ball do the talking. And they're all there as a collective team. So what Liam has done, it's phenomenal. In his first year in charge as well. I think on that, Taggy, as well, just I, I would echo, I think Liam Cahill has done a phenomenal job. I think, you know, what he's done, maybe, you know, I, I think he's done fantastic. In saying that, and, I, and I'm not just saying it because he, he's on the call with us, but I suppose... The way he handled the situation with Noel and Morris at the start of the year, two stalwarts of water from GA, like in like you know to be to be thrown off just with a three or four minute phone call, um, for me it was disappointing, uh, and I think he put himself under huge pressure early on because if things didn't go well for him, I think that could have came back to bite him. Not so much the decision. I can't come to whether the decision is right or wrong, and that's obviously something Noel is that's his own business. But uh, I just think how it was done was was disappointing. Um, and, he, and he did put himself under pressure obviously it's like everything if you go on and win something it's the right call and if you don't it's the wrong call so I think while he's done a fantastic job at Waterford there's no one denying that I think at early on in the year for me that was probably disappointing and, and I, I would have thought that he got himself off to the wrong foot but obviously the results are speaking for themselves Well how else can you do it I suppose there's another way you, you, could, you could put it Sure it's very simple John you ring up the phone you ask to meet a fella like you know I you know, I, I, I know, I suppose, within, within the Limerick setup, that if you're if you're someone there for 10 years, two years, whatever the case may be, uh, you know, you'll be met in person and you'll be given the respect and a conversation. And, and it's the hard thing to do, in my opinion. The easy thing to do is pick up the phone to ring someone. The hard thing to do is go and meet someone and meet them face to face. But that's the right thing to do. And the one bit of advice that I was given, uh, you know, last year was the hardest thing that you have to do is generally the right thing. And I think meeting someone's face to face is the hard thing. Um, in terms of what this would do for Waterford people, uh, no, like 1959, most people in Waterford have never experienced this, never experienced an All Ireland victory. Um, they had quite a hard uh, reaction to the recession down there. The, the, the city was quite hit quite hard by the recession after the financial crisis. Uh, a lot of uh, hurling is paid in the city in Waterford. What will it do? Yeah, I think it'll be massive. Um, the only unfortunate, the only downside if we do win it would be the lack of celebration and uh, 
I think that that would, I, I, regardless of, of whatever's going to happen, is if they win, I think the key thing is to inspire the next generation. And I think that's fundamental, as in if you win, it's going to get more, we'll say, you know, young kids with Watford jerseys out in Ireland. And that's exactly what you need within the county. You've seen, we'll say, the likes of Kenny over the years, no matter where you go, if you're in the country or outside of the country, you'll see some kid with a Kenny jersey on him. And I think that that's where we need to get to. Uh, I think Limerick have done that over the last, you know, 10 plus years, putting in a phenomenal amount of effort underage and at college level. I know Dowling won a couple of uh, colleges at our scholarship, that kind of thing. So, you know, I think success breeds success. And what we need in Warford is if we win, I think that what it will do is it will, you know, tighten up the underage structure. You put a lot more uh, energy and emphasis on developing young kids and making sure that they're, they're getting all the possible resources that they need going forward. You don't have any hard feelings now, do you? No, not really. You know, uh, every every uh, every opportunity, every kind of lost an opportunity for me. You know, uh, I kind of had a fortune enough. Kind of, I have a twenty-month-old downstairs who was probably wrecking the house at the minute. So, you know, if I was if I was still playing, obviously I'd love to be playing tomorrow. Don't get me wrong, that's the first thing. But you know, you look at the, the other side, but I probably would have been out of the house, you know, six nights a week. And if I was in the house, I probably would have been quite tired from all the training and that type of thing. So, you know, I had uh, I wouldn't say a distraction, but you know, I had plenty of things to put my energy towards downstairs and obviously work and that type of thing so you know look every uh everything is good and life is is, is really really good to me so it's uh, great shane how much has that win two years ago changed what's going on in limerick yeah it's phenomenal janice was uh, you know um limerick was a, you know with the home of monster up in tubman park uh, that was all me growing up, I suppose. It was it was Munster rugby, uh, you know, the, the year they won the, the Heineken Cup, all of O'Connell Street. There was a, a, how many thousand fans down the street? Uh, and that's what I grew up watching. Uh, and then, I suppose, with the in, in 2010, like, people can't, I suppose, forget that in 2010 there was a strike in Limerick. Things hit an all-time low. Uh, and and there was players drafting, people walking away, and that was only ten years ago, Jan. So I think what Limerick uh, GA have done in the last ten years, and I know primarily it's the success only coming in the last three years, but don't think that that's just all of it, that, that that has came about. I mean, with 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 the underage academy that's been set up down here in Limerick, getting all the kids, getting all the young lads uh, into the system, and you know, getting them working really hard so that by the time they come to, to senior, that they have a lot of work done. And I think now any young kids or whatever you want to call it 12 13 14 year old they want to get into that limerick academy they want to get into the setup knowing how good it is and then in the hope that they'll be fully developed uh by the time their their chance comes for senior so from a numbers point of view it's def it's definitely helped uh i suppose hurling is number one here now in limerick uh the clubs have seen the fruits of it and uh, but i think uh, a lot of good people down here john have done a huge amount of work and while this team and management team uh, over the last three years will get the credits there are many people in the background uh, and they know exactly who they are that have done fantastic work for Limerick Hurling and we're seeing the fruits of it now. Uh, as a Texan here, if Jack Fagan wins, is he the first man, Meath man to win a, a Lee McCarthy Cup? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely get the, the, the research books out on that one. Taggy Fogarty, uh, you're in the neutral corner. The 2020 All-Ireland Senior Hurling Final, Limerick and Waterford, 3.30 throw-in tomorrow. Who, why and by how many? <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, I live close to closer to Lowell than I do Shane, so uh, my 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 heart uh, is telling me Watford. Uh, look, I think there's a bit nostalgic in me. There's a bit of the underdog in me, and I'd love to see Watford win. But I just feel Limerick coming into this game. I think the hurt from last year. Um, you know, you, you can't beat just getting beaten in, in a game and be knocked out of the championship and just going, how did that happen? I think they've learned an awful lot from that game against Kilkenny. 
Um, I think they're a little bit more assured under pressure. I think that showed in the Munster final where Watford turned everything at them. They still played their game plan. Um, they still got over the line and didn't panic. Um, you know, and Ireland's, uh, John, I think, yeah, it's about tactics and about different things, but a lot of it is about emotion. It's about how much you want it. Watford will be obviously have that as well, but I just feel the work rate, I feel that Limerick as a whole um, are just a, a better team, better set up to win their Ireland, and uh, I think they'll win, and I think they win by about four points. Noel Connors, I'm sure the heart is going to say one thing. Does the head align with the heart? Who, why, and by how many? Uh, of course, I'm going to go for Watford. You know, it's it's the most natural answer, and uh, I think we could win by I think two points. I'm not saying one because I think that that's that's a bit dangerous saying one. So I'll say two, and I think that Ty De Burke will come up with a long range point like he did against Kenny in the semi final, and then put it to bed with about 30 seconds left on the clock. And Shane Dowling, you're going to go for Limerick, aren't you? Good man, all go back to sleep there, will you? I was waiting uh, first. <laughs> uh, listen, I suppose I do try to put my neutral cap on. Uh, the one difference I think will will we'll make tomorrow is Limerick are four years at this under John Kiley and Paul Kinnock. Uh, Waterford are one. Uh, and I just think Limerick are further down the road. And saying that, I think Waterford are very, very similar coming into the All Ireland final this year than Limerick, uh, just like Limerick were two years ago. Um, but for that reason alone, in terms of development and everything else, I think they are further down the road, and I think that will tell in the last five or six minutes. Boy, how many? Uh, I'll go one more than Taggy, I'd say five. OK, Shane Dowling, Noel Connors and Taggy Fogarty, we really appreciate your time here on the Saturday panel on Off the Ball on News Talk. We hope you got to have a great Christmas, and we hope you enjoy tomorrow's match. Great to speak to you, and speak soon. Thanks, Jack. Great to hear the lads uh, this afternoon. Hurling poetry from the great Tommy Welsh is up after this. Saturday panel on Off the Ball.